Hi there. Thanks for tuning in to the Res Life Big Rapids podcast. We're glad you found us, and we hope this message helps shape you into something that looks like Christ. Now let's listen in. So I know, I know the video seems, it seems old school, but we are starting a grief share group, uh, as you saw, coming up. And if you've gone through any kind of loss or you're grieving the, the loss of a loved one, or, or it's not just loss. If you're going through grief because of all kinds of different things, uh, you can come to grief share. And, and we have people who are going to lead it who've been through it, and it's changed their lives. So I really encourage you, if you're going through that kind of uh, feelings, you can come talk to me or any of the pastors, or you can just go and show up at grief share when it, when it starts up. So anyway, morning. How's everybody doing? Give it up for Joey one more time, the rap star. You notice he needed the words for the other one once because he wasn't born when they started. But then he got to Fresh Prince and he knew every word. Never looked down at the music the whole time. That's saying something. Anyway, uh, I'm looking forward to the next few weeks. Uh, <laughs> today we're starting a... a, a just a short series as we go into the fall, a couple, three weeks, uh, called Life as We Know It. And, and you know, it's, what's funny is uh, society has changed a lot, hasn't it? It's changed a lot even since I was a kid. I mean, I still think I'm a kid, but, but it has changed a lot since even, even when I was young. And for, for many of you, I mean, the whole, like, like everything has changed in such a vast way. You remember when there was no such thing as cell phones, Right? You remember when, when doing this was not a thing, right? You know, right? And, and so I, I remember when my dad got his first cell phone, and I thought it was very cool, and it was like this big, and it had a black antenna that was that long. And I thought, that's kind of cool. You know, and, and so, I, so I want something like that. It had buttons this big. Now he needs his glasses just to see the buttons. And then his fingers don't hit the right ones because there's not actual buttons. It's just a screen that you touch. Life as we know it is not life as we know it, is it? Everything has changed. So, so anyway, um, I'm looking forward to this. Uh, everything, everything has changed, even from the, the television shows, like Joey was singing uh, lyrics from, from you know, theme songs to television shows, and there's so many. I think, I think I don't, don't mark my words, but I think like each week he's going to do new like, like show songs and stuff like that, which will be kind of fun, and maybe your favorite's in there. But anyway... Uh, Everything's changed even when it comes to television. Like it used to be that like one night a week you'd sit down and watch television, TGIF, right? You didn't care about the other days of the week. Now, now it's every day of the week. And now the TV shows have nothing to do with morality anymore. It used to be like, look at these great people having fun going through tough. You remember Home Improvement? They'd run into something and he'd go, uh, like that. And then he'd ask his neighbor about the moral thing to do. And the neighbor would teach him a good moral, right? Like you didn't think of that when you watched the show. But subliminally, that show is teaching you in general, good morals on how to behave and how to act and how to live really a pretty righteous life, right? Now everything's messed up. I mean, there's not a, there's not a show on TV that is family-friendly anymore. Like, really, there's not. Not even the kids' shows. We're watching the kids' shows with our kids. I'm like, one of, one of them said... Uh, Yesterday, we were listening, we were in the car, we are listening to a new movie while we were listening, the kids were watching it in the car, and, and um, the, the character in the movie says, well, mom says we can't do that, and the other character says, well, mom's not here right now. <laughs> Allison heard that, she's like, I don't like that, and I'm like, <laughs> well, then shut it off. No, the kids are quiet, leave it on, leave it on, leave it on. <laughs> Everything's changed, right? Life as we know it is not life as we know it anymore. So over the next couple of weeks, I want to spend some time looking at what society has begun to tell us life is supposed to be, and compare that to what God says life is supposed to be, okay? This really started off 
Well, before I get into that, let's pray real quick. Lord, I thank you for this morning. I thank you that we get to be together in this place. Lord, I thank you that, uh, that we're starting to see some of our family, our college, uh, college students coming back to, to join us again for the fall and the winter. And Lord, I, I just pray that over these next couple of months that you speak to our hearts and you, you help us to grow in ways that we never have before. Lord, open up new doors in our hearts to you and, and, and allow us to be changed and to be motivated to be people who live for you, who desire you, who want all of you each and every day. In Jesus' name, amen. So anyway, it all started, this whole idea started because we were thinking, let's talk about family. Let's talk about, uh, let's talk about like what the Bible says a family should look like. And immediately, as we were talking about that, I thought, well, well, not everyone here lives in a family situation, right? Not everybody here is married. Not everybody here lives at home still with their parents. And, and so you can't just talk about family. And, 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 and there's a whole group of people who are who are individuals, right? I mean, we're all individuals, right? Right? Maybe we are, maybe we aren't, right? But the Bible does say that we're all individually different. It has a number of scriptures that talk about um, how we each have different gifts and that we're all called to do different things and we all make up different parts of the body of Christ. But interestingly, it's really interesting, the Bible never really says that we're meant to, to do things or function alone. Do you know that? Like when you look at the, the overarching theme of the Bible and what it, what it teaches us as believers to do, it, it really doesn't say that we should be alone. So today I want to look at the concept of what it means to be an individual, okay, both in our society and with God. Our society has been teaching us that we should, re- excuse me, we should remain individuals. No longer is there a focus on the family unit. Think about it. Like it does, it, now they don't think about how many households there are in the United States. They think about how many individual earners there are in the United States. You're either a single earning income or a household or you're a dual income household. It's all about the individual. Um, a person seems to be devalued if they're not an individual earner. Um, athletics have become much more about the individual player and what value they bring to the franchise and the team than the team as a whole. Think about that. I mean, when you think about sports, you don't generally hear about a team. You hear about the guy on that team, and it's become more and more that way. It's, it's considered sexist to think that a wife should re- rely on her husband for provision, or that a man should pr- rely on his wife for provision. But why? Why? I mean, there's so many of us who live in that kind of situation, and it's great, right? And we don't have any problem with it, but, but it's, it's all become about the individual. Even marriage holds less importance than it ever has before. Marriage used to be something that people did not take lightly. They wouldn't walk into uh, just, just frivolously, right? They, that, that it was very serious. And when you committed, you committed. And, and, and marriage has become even less and less a binding thing that matters to people. It's like, oh, it's easy to get out now. Maybe that's the easiest way. But that's not, that's not the way that God teaches us. That's the way that society teaches us, but that's not the way that God teaches us. So it's, I use that example, Matthew 19, 5 through 6. You know this one. And Jesus said, For this reason a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and two will become one flesh. Say one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Say one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. So God makes, his word makes it pretty clear and pretty clear point that, that God's intent for each person is that some, at some point they go from being an individual 
to being a complete unit, right? One flesh with somebody else. Now, you know, this goes against social norms. This goes against the way that we're taught, the way that everybody's taught nowadays. Like, what do you mean? Are you telling me that I am not complete unless I am joined with somebody else? That's weird, right? That goes against, well, that's exactly what God's saying. Now, I'm not here to bring you low if you're single. That's not what I'm, not, and I'll talk about that, okay? We need each other. And if we don't, I mean, Paul, I, I'm in the back and I hear him say, you know, it's, we need to be gathered together as, as believers. I was like, I know he read my message this morning and he's totally like ruining it for me. Because like, thanks, Paul, wherever you're at. Not in the front row. Apparently, you don't need to hear the word. Anyway, <laughs> but his wife is here. <laughs> I love it. The way that, uh, and, and I want to be clear, the way that we see individualism in Christianity, it's not always based on marriage. Be, you know, can you be... The question is then, well, like, can I be complete? Can I, can I be a complete person even if I'm not married? Well, earlier I mentioned that the Bible says that we are each gifted with different things and that we have different callings and different talents. And, and the fact is, is individually we can make a great difference. I mean, think about this. There's stories in the Bible. Think about Joseph. Joseph wasn't married when he went through all that he did. It wasn't, he didn't need to have a spouse in order to be used by God. He was an individual, right? But was he? See, because Joseph would have never been able to do the things if he wasn't coupled together with who? With God. Like, we can be an individual and we can be complete, but, but we cannot do it on our own. The idea of individuality, the way that society sees it, literally means you yourself, no God, no nothing else, only you, your own power, your own abilities, me, me, me. Mine, mine, mine. I, I, I. And we don't even realize it, but we get swept up in that mentality and, we, and we, be, we begin to do everything on our own and we're not coupled up with anyone. Not with a spouse that God says is good, not with God who God says is good. It's interesting in order to, be, to make a difference as an individual, whether you're married or not, we need to be connected with God. Interestingly, the Bible refers to Christ as the groom and to the church, or you and me, as the bride, right? You guys know that? Christ is the groom. We are the bride, right? And, and so what do the bride and groom do after they get married? Oh, not that. You guys immediately thought that. Come on. What's wrong with you? The Bible says that two become one flesh, right? That's what we're talking about here. So the church becomes spiritually, literally, the body or part of the body of Christ, one flesh with him. So, in fact, um, I want to do a bit of a word study this morning. I was trying to think about how to go about this. How do I talk about what it means to be an individual but still be coupled with Christ? Like, how does that look, okay? So, um, the Bible uses the same terminology for marriage as it does for your relationship with Christ. I'm going to read in the King James Version, which I don't do that often here, um, but I'm going to because I like these and thous just today. And, uh, and, but, but because I want to use the, the, this 
way back interpretation to point out that the words are the same words and they're interpreted from the same original words. Um, so Genesis 2, 2 through 4 is that, is that same scripture that Jesus quoted that I read already, but this is in, uh, this is in King James in Genesis. It says, Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave, say the word cleave, unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. Say one flesh. Okay. To cleave means to adhere to, stick to, or join with. Okay, that word cleave, I want to point that word out. It's, it's a unique joining of two people into one being, one entity. It means that you don't quit when things aren't going right. It includes thinking things out, talking things out, praying things through, being patient as you trust God and you work in your hearts. That's the idea of cleaving together with your spouse and being willing to admit that you're wrong. How many people need to admit they're wrong right now? We'll take five. Okay, I'd like to, oh, she's raising his hand. I like that. <laughs> Like, we need to be willing to admit that we've done things wrong. We need to ask for forgiveness, right? Right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Forgive, or he will not forgive you, right? Let's, let's, let's take a throwback to 12 weeks ago, right? And, and forgive, or he will not forgive you. And, and it says, uh, you know, cleave. This is all in, like, what it means, this cleaving together, you know? Being willing to seek God's counsel regularly and seek his word together. Now, look at this scripture, Deuteronomy 13, 4, King James Version. Verse 4, it says, Ye shall walk after the Lord your God and fear him and keep his commandments and obey his voice, and ye shall serve him and cleave unto him. It's the same word, and it's the same original word as well. It's translated from the same exact word. Both of those scriptures talk about a joining together, a a connection, a, an adhering to that's supposed to last forever, right? So God wants you to leave any other gods or, or idols or things or whatever that you are cleaving to right now in order to have a relationship with him that, it, that makes the two of you one. If you're an individual today, if, which we all are, but if you're a single individual today, God wants to use you in as great of a way as anybody else. You have a life that matters as much as anybody else, but... but the fact is, is that you can't do it on your own. And if you feel alone today, are you cleaving to the Lord? If you feel like you, you don't have any, anybody or anything to hold on to today, have you chosen to really cleave to the Lord and allow Him to complete you? Right? The teaching, it, it kind of covers um, two, at least so far, two important situations of life. One is, whether you believe it or not, God has someone for you. It is his intent, and it says it in the word, that, that a man shall leave his father and mother and unite with his wife, get married and become one flesh with his wife. And, and that goes the same for ladies, right? Because the dude's not marrying, marrying the woman and moving into her mom and dad's house, or at least that's not the way it should be, people. <laughs> I know society teaches us otherwise. Anyway. God has somebody for you, no matter what stage you're in, no matter if you've been through divorce, no matter if you've been through pain, no matter if you've been through loss. God has somebody for you, and he wants you to be complete in that relationship. So I want to encourage you today in that. But the, but the second half is, is, is here, is you don't need to wait in order to let God use you. I know, I, and I did college ministry for a while, um, I don't know, years ago, 
taught at college ministry, and I remember so many colleges, maybe I should have waited till the college got back in session to do this, because I, I remember so many guys and girls who were like, I'm just waiting until I get married to figure out really where God wants me to go. And, and you know, immediately you might be like, oh man, shouldn't do that. Well, well, you shouldn't do that, because God wants to use you right where you're at, right here today. You know? We need, to, we need to get up on the platform that, we're, that, we're, that we have in front of us right now here today to do things for the kingdom, but you can't do it alone. You need to do it with God, right? And, and so, so you don't have to wait to find a spouse in order to find what is good, though the Bible says finding a wife is a good thing, right? Right? Okay. So anyway, this, it seems like a weird idea, but, but you can do this if you're coupled with God. The world teaches us that we need to use our own ability in order to be successful. But what is the definition of success for you? So I want to I change gears real quick, um, and I want to jump to another thing that I think is really important because I only have two more weeks to, to finish this up, and I want to touch on two different major areas in those weeks. So, so this is something I think is important. What kind of company do you keep in your life? You, good company, bad company, or no company, right? There's, o- there's, only, there's only three kinds that you really could have. You could have good people who are influencing you positively. You could have bad people who are inf- influencing you negatively. Or you could have no people who don't influence you at all. And when you're left alone and you're not cleaving with God, that's a dangerous place to be, right? So anyway, I want to look at a scripture uh, that's found in Psalms. Um, do you have that? Yeah, awesome. So this is, uh, this is the very first book of, or, or uh, chapter of Psalms, very first uh, verse. It says, Blessed is the one who does not walk and step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law. Say the law, the law. of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. Go to the next one. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. How many people, you can leave that scripture up there. How many people want to be like that tree? Right? I know I just have experienced myself, but also being with people, so many people who, who, who have cleaved or joined themselves with people who are not good people. And it's quiet in here today because probably just about every person that, that's in this room is in some way or another in relationship or connection with somebody who is a bad influence on their life. And if you continue down the road of, of, of staying joined together with those people, it, it, can, it will lead to destruction for you. And, and it's like we're having a serious moment here, but it's the reality of the way things are. It is you will you will end up being influenced by them. And in the same way, you know, somebody who delights in the Lord's word, somebody who's, who's going to build you up, you're cleaving together with somebody or, or joining together with somebody who's going to build you up. You could be like this tree that's planted by streams of water. How many people enjoyed the rain yesterday? <laughs> Things are growing, right? Like, like if you have gardens, like your tomatoes are exploding today. You don't even know. It's happening right now. They're ruined Better buy some bacon on the way home. You're having BLTs because they're breaking, all right? Now everybody's going to want a BLT for lunch, right? But, but having that constant source is, what, is what's so important. And, and, and now, now to take it to the, to the third group of people is I, I know people today, and I know some of you today feel like you have no one. 
You, you've not gotten involved in, any, in anything. You've not, you've not joined up with anybody who's going to build you up. And, and when, when left to our own devices, we do things that, that are generally not godly. You know, mo- most people who, who act in private sin, they do it privately, right? And when there's nobody around to keep them accountable or to help them be in the, in the right mindset, the godly mindset, it's easy to stray. The devil loves to attack people who are alone, right? They're easy prey. It's, it's very easy to, to, for the devil to pick off people who are, who are standing alone. And, and so you need to bring the right people around you. And, and this scripture, I think, is just the best example of it. Let's, I want to I just look at it again. Go to verse 1. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that, that sinners take. Now, I, I use this scripture, I think it, it's got to be now, two or three years ago. And I had people come up like, well, so what? Am I just supposed to not be around these people? Like, what, what about being a witness to people? What about being close to people? Well, let's go back to that word cleave, right? Or, or, or being united with or joined with. It's, there's a difference between being around somebody and then being united with somebody. And it's, and it's, a very, it's kind of a very fine line, but, but you can be around somebody, but the moment you begin to, to be influenced by their way of thinking, you are beginning to cleave with them. And it is very difficult to control yourself when you are joined with somebody. You ever do that, that game where like, you're tied together with somebody and you've got to like, run a race or the potato sack race, one person, one leg, and the thing, and you get going and everybody's falling down and, and all this stuff. It's very hard to get, to, to get yourself back on track when you've got your leg in the potato sack with a bad company kind of person, right? And, and, and so... If you're going to walk in step with the wicked, you're going, to, you're going to experience pain. You're going to experience struggle. You're going to be influenced to falter. You know? So let's go to the next verse again. So, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord. I, I had you repeat law. Everybody hears law and they think this is terrible. Man, I don't want I, law, a bunch of rules? Yeah, a bunch of rules. You ever drive down the road and look at those speed limit signs? There's a reason that they're there. I remember, I remember, sorry, I'm kind of ad-libbing right now because I just feel like it. Um, I remember years ago, I was riding with my youth pastor. I, I was pretty young, we were, um, and we were riding along, and my favorite car was the Dodge Viper. How many people like a Dodge Viper? See, I used to be a U of M fan, and it was, it was blue and gold, and it was pretty sweet. But now, I, now I'd be like, crappy car. Green and white would be better. Anyway, uh, you're dismissed. <laughs> anyway, so here we are, we're driving, it's raining, and this goes by us, and we were already going the speed limit, right? And, and um, my youth pastor's like, that guy's going to get in an accident. He's way over the speed limit. There's a reason why there's a speed limit, right? Because when you get over a certain speed limit, it becomes more and more difficult to control, to control yourself, right? It becomes a, a lot more difficult to stay on the road. I drove my in-laws convertible down because uh, we were up north for, uh, for the, this last weekend. So I drove it down for the night of worship and I might have had a little fun. But that, and that thing is made for control, yet it's, yet, it, you know, you get going pretty fast and it's got, you know, it's a little more iffy. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so 
God's law isn't there to bind you. It's there to keep you in a place where you can stay in control. Because if you're not in control and God's not in control, who's in control? Right? So, so, so when he says, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, it's not like, that doesn't mean like the person who is chained. It says delight. It means happiness, right? Who looks at God's law and goes, I'm so glad that that's there to keep me in the place of receiving from God and growing and, and completing his will in my life. It, we should be excited about God's word, right? How many people are excited about God's word? Okay, all right. We should be more excited about God's word, right? We should, because it's, because it's life-giving. We shouldn't be afraid of the word law. Laws keep us safe. So anyway, to bring that all around to what I said at the end of the first part, is what is the definition of success for you? Is it completing your desires, or is it completing God's desires? Is it searching for fulfillment for yourself? Maybe you're, you're a single person here today, and your, your mental picture has been find a spouse for the last couple years, and it's so consumed you that you've become depressed because you haven't found that perfect person. Will you just relax and put your sights on God and let him bring the right person in? Because if you will do that, he will bring the right person. Do you trust him or not? You trust him with your life when you get in the car and you pray over you know, safety for your travels, but do you trust him with your life when it's, he's going to bring the right person into your life? You know, we've got to trust in him. You see, that those two things are completely different. Your desires, God's desires, your plan, his plan. And, and, and in the world of Christianity, individualism is dead. Because if, if you're going to be a believer, you're never alone. Because you should have Christ all the time. All right? That's all I got. Let's pray. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this day. I thank you that we are all in this place together. I pray that your word speaks to each one of us, Lord, and that no matter the topics this week or in the couple weeks to come, whether they seem to apply directly, Lord, we know that your word applies at all times in our life. And Father, I pray that today that you are speaking to our hearts and you're leading us into the people that you want us to be. If you're here today and you've never made the decision to make Jesus Lord of your life, when I was talking about cleaving to God or being connected and following him, you've never done that. You've never experienced that, but today you want to. You want to know what it feels like to not be alone, to have the Lord on your side all the time. If that's you today with everybody's eyes closed and you want to make Jesus your Lord, you want to cleave to him, you want to know you're going to heaven, but beyond that, that you have a purpose to live for, just right where you're at, just slip your hand up. Is there anybody who wants to accept Jesus? Make a decision for him today. Just wait a few seconds here. All right, Father, I thank you for, for all these people in this room. Lord, whether this message spoke to them about their marriage, their relationship with their spouse, or it spoke to them about being single and an individual, and, or maybe, maybe it spoke to, to you today about your personal relationship with God, and if, you've really, if you're really cleaving to him, 
Father, I pray that you, you awaken something new in us that gives us the desire to change. Change is so, so scary, Lord, in, in stepping over the obstacles into a new world today. Lord, I just pray that you are, you're leading us and guiding us and that we can have a confidence in you. That we can be like the tree that's planted by streams of living water that bears fruit in season and that its leaves never wither and that this tree that is full of life. Let each one of us be like that tree today. Let each one of us be constantly watered and fed by you so that we can, so that we can move forward into the plans and the future that you have for us. Lord, if there's people here who are needing uh, restoration or healing or, or uh, they, need, they need healing from depression or struggle of their circumstances, Lord, I pray that you begin to provide and you show them the light at the end of the tunnel, the way to get out, to walk towards you. Lord, I pray for people who have no one, that you bring the right people into their lives. I pray for the people who feel like they are one foot in the potato sack with the, with the evil man or evil friends people who are pulling them down. I pray that you provide an exit strategy, Lord, for them to, to step out of that situation, to break the chains where they're bound to these other people. Lord, you are our provider. You are our shelter. You are our father. and We, we rely on you today. And we thank you for who you are. We praise you, Jesus' name. Thanks again for tuning in today. If you'd like to learn more about our church, you can check us out online at rlcbr.org. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast in the iTunes store or your podcast feed. We love you, and remember to always reach up, reach in, and reach out. Have a great week.